And Fabs is going to sing us in to today's episode of the Belief Fantasy Football Show. Welcome. Am I? Go ahead. Yeah. Am I really? Welcome. You know how I wake up with like sometimes like you have a song in your head? Like, and I don't know why, but I had that song, uh, baby, what a big surprise. Then just before my very eyes. No, I don't even know what that line is, but like, who even that, is that? I think it's Chicago. Like, I think it's Chicago. Oh yeah. That's, that sounds fair. I, I woke up with that song in my head and it was after I had dreamt wow. that I was hanging out with Taylor Swift and she was impregnated by Travis Kelsey, but she was trying that whole, like hide the bump. And like, did you almost like, say hold it in? Hold it in. Like, you know how guys like when you're fat and you got a belly, you're like, Ugh. she was trying to suck it in. I guess you can't suck that in because you're having a baby. But like, you know, she was wearing something that you would think that like, does she put on weight or is she having a baby? And, uh, oh you know, as, as a guy, you never want to say anything about that because then you get slapped. But yeah. these are the strange dreams that I have. It's because okay. of the medication I take. And the I'm songs convinced. that get stuck in your head. It's funny that you say that because I was going to uh, start with a song that's stuck in my head too. What is it? Which is not normal. Um, I think Instagram is going to make me dislike the new Beyonce song. Okay. Because it's every time I open it up, that's the only song that everyone's using as their background song. Like, and and this is this is my complaint with Instagram or one of them. There are a few complaints with Instagram, but like the algorithm focuses on like if you use trending audio, then you know you're going to be seen by more people. So it encourages everyone to do the exact same thing. Whereas, doesn't it feel like the encouragement should be like do something totally different? Than other people and stand out and instead it's like nope everyone do the exact same thing and that's how you're actually going to get seen you know you what even did it dude you did it you used that beyonce song on one of your instagram posts which is like you don't even i mean i i'm the fact that you know who beyonce is is like what well no i know she, yeah i mean she's married to uh jay-z oh. right yeah yeah i know yeah i know she is um anyway. i don't know any of her songs but i do know who she is well, uh, but you do know her song me. because you used it on your Instagram post, which is my whole entire point. You don't okay, even know. You don't care, but you're like, songs. Jax is little at, dumb. Woo! Like, I, I'm not good at, all day long. I'm not good at head. naming songs. Like, honestly, even like the bands that I love, I, I'm, I sometimes I don't know the name of the song. Because like the way that things are now, like remember when you were growing up and it was on a cassette tape or then a CD. And like you, you, every song, okay, oh, oh you know, that you listen to it in a row so you knew – you know, what, what, like, you know, Striper, it was like, it was to hell with the devil. And then it was calling on you and then it was free. Like, I know all that stuff. This is back. I love Striper. Um, but now like the, there's no like CDs anymore. So it's like, all right, well, you can play any song you want. And a lot of times I don't even remember the names of the songs of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I like, um, Hailstorm. I love Hailstorm. They have some great, I don't know the names of all their songs. Seven dust. I love seven dust. I know a bunch of their songs. I don't know the names. But so like with Beyonce and stuff that I don't even listen to, sometimes I will know the song just by listening to it, but I won't know what the name is. But Got that it. kind of just is me. I, I I forget the names now. You know, it's not like the, the olden days, right? Like where, yeah, oh, that, that's Jump. You know, that's Panama. You know, that uh, that's Hot for Teacher. Uh, all that kind of stuff. I had to throw a little VH in there. You know that. Well, your olden days are your current days. Um, also, well, that's something listen, that people who listen to this podcast need to know. I, hey, I... You know, Sammy Hagar is going out on tour with, um, I think it's Joe Satriani and uh, and John Bonham, and um, I think I think uh, Michael Anthony Hall, and they're doing like the whole like Van Halen stuff. 
they're going to be playing down here in uh, West Palm in like April, and I'm definitely going to go. That that's going to be awesome. That's going to obviously be, definitely going for that. Obviously, so these bands are still around. It's just that you know people don't play the music anymore on the radio or anything else because it's not cool. Even though to me it is cool. Okay, so it uh, is what it is. Are are you um are you watching any of this combine coverage? It hasn't they haven't taken the field yet. They're taking the field today for the first time. We're seeing some defensive linemen not. and well nope. because I have I have Lindsay Rhodes in my back pocket. All I need to do is say Lindsay Rhodes, what's what's report back what's to you good at the combine and you could just okay. let me know. Because I have said this before. I understand that like if you're a scout, like I am a fantasy football analyst. Okay. Yeah. I am not a scout of players. That's Daniel Jeremiah. That's Mike Mayock, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there are some people in our industry who, you know, delve into that too, which yeah. God bless them. That's great. I ain't that guy. I stay in my lane. And I don't think you can accurately diagnose or analyze a player from a fantasy perspective without knowing where the hell that player is going to be playing. You mm -hmm. just can't. Like, it doesn't matter. Guy could be the most talented player in the world. If he lands in a lousy spot, Jackson Smith and Jigba, well, guess what? He ain't going to be that good. Totally. Right. Or if you're tank Dell and you're not really highly touted and all of a sudden you land in a great spot, well, giddy up. So, uh, you know, like if a guy could run uh, uh, fast in the 40 or the three cone drill, or he jumps real high and like bench presses like a ton, God bless him. Great. God bless him. How many guys have killed the combine and gone into the NFL and sucked? Right. So like, I mean, hello, Darius Haywood Bay. I mean, there's like, you know, the, the, the list is a mile long. So I, it's just not my thing. That's not my jam. That's all. Uh, it's not Gucci to me. I I'd rather, I'd rather watch like, you know, reruns of game of Thrones or something like that, or go play with my dog. And then when I come in and I can see, Oh, this guy ran a fast 40. Great. Oh, that's another guy. Remember uh, John Ross. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, they're like, so fast. And then the Bengals took him. He sucked. So like, you know, it is what it is. I, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like old man, get off my lawn kind of thing, but like, it just, to me, like, it's interesting for the people who it should be interesting to that's the scouts. You know, when I get interested, when teams start making moves and they start drafting these kids and then I'm all in, then the analysis starts running through my head. So. Yeah. For, for me, I mean, and I, I'm not an evaluator either. Uh, I enjoy the combine to watch the, uh, the, like what people like Daniel Jeremiah are saying about what they're seeing on the field. I'm not watching it to see what the numbers are like the raw data. I'm not interested in, right? Like you just for more for me, I'm looking to try and get a feel for who these people are. And, and I think it's an interesting exercise in that sense. You know, and by the way, speaking of DJ. Yeah. Um, he is going to come on the show with us after the combine. Because remember I texted him and he was at the senior bowl and I totally forgot. And he's like, Fabs, he took a picture of like his, his desk in the press box. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I, I say, but me and Lindsay really want you to come on. I know you're crazed right now. When's the best time? He says, after the combine hit me up. So we should be able to get Daniel Jeremiah on the show after the combine, uh, in, you know, in the next week or two. So, uh, awesome. We'll, awesome. We'll awesome. You know. Yeah. yeah. And obviously for combine drills too, like the drills to watch are different for each position. What's actually interesting to track is not always like what, what is made for TV is obviously the 40 and people get enamored with that because it's an easy thing for us to watch. It's, you know, just one number that we're looking for and we're comparing them against each other. 
Uh, I, I am less excited about the whole thing since we now have all of that, or we don't, but the teams have all of this raw data. Like they're all have the chips in their shoulder pads. So they have mm-hmm. actual times attached to like how fast they play football, which is far more relevant to how fast they run a 40. And then they're, they're, qualms about you know how the timing is happening and whether or not it's accurate and so mm-hmm. i don't know but from a from a headline standpoint the thing about common that i do find interesting always every year is that everyone's in one city and you hear from general managers and head coaches and different people are talking and right. that we haven't heard talk yeah. Yeah. for in some cases maybe a couple of months and so we're getting an idea about where they're going with things has anything jumped out to you in the last couple of days is like oh that person said this and now i'm thinking that they might do something different than you know what I was thinking that they were likely to do in the draft or free agency. Uh, yes, um, but before we get into that, we have to remember our sponsor, Bet Online, which continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs. Hoops, I got a shot, Lens. I used to be good at five eight. A little I don't believe you. Night. Uh, including pro and college hoops throughout the year with up to minutes, odds, stats, and trends. You can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices head to bet online today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online the game starts here uh, a couple of things that i i liked michael Pittman jr ain't going anywhere okay right? according to chris ballard which is 100 smart yeah, uh, the Raiders are not trading Devontae Adams, which I think is good. And I, I'm, you know, and I think they're going to get a decent quarterback back there, maybe raise back that consistency <laughs> level. I, I don't know, Lance, maybe Justin Fields, maybe Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I'd rather have Russell Wilson than Nate O'Connell and Garoppolo with the crap they had last year. Um, the, there's reports that the Bucks are, are completely committed to getting Michael Evans back, which is great. I would love to have him stay in Tampa Bay and retire a buck. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's got a great rapport with Mayfield. You know, and then I guess to a lesser degree, the Jets are going to allow Zach Wilson to pursue a trade. Good luck with that. And the NFL team that's got a ham sandwich with Swiss laying around, maybe they trade that for Wilson and uh, he gets a shot someplace else. Not particularly interested about where Zach Wilson goes. Not particularly interested about where Mac Jones ends up. Obviously, they're going to be moving him. It sounds like, by the way, uh, and, and, and not for nothing, I do... Uh, I am sensitive to the the lot in life that Mac Jones has been handed right in the last few years. Like what just a shitty situation he was in in New England with like, you know, coordinators coming and going and sometimes not even having a coordinator and just trying to, you know, make his way in the NFL under those circumstances, which are not ideal. And so hopefully he gets an opportunity as a backup and maybe walks into a situation and can show that he is better than we're all thinking that he is at this point. But they're talking about them potentially getting a four or a five. In return for him, which again, to go back to the thing that I keep, I mean, I'm harping on this. I'm going to like, this is the hill that I want to die on is the Justin Fields going for a two or a three. Like if you're going to get Justin Fields for a two or a three, you're going to give up a four or a five for Mac Jones. I don't know what we're even doing here, but uh, continuing the quarterback theme here, uh, there are reports about the Patriots. Um, a lot of talk about what they're going to do as the number three team in the draft and it sounds like um, they are looking to potentially draft a quarterback at three and then also sign a veteran to start and looking at it as like a bridge situation this year. 
Um, assuming that they do that, let's say that they end up with Drake may maybe at number three and they draft him and then they put him on the bench for a little while and have somebody else start in the short term. Who is somebody that would jump out at you as the right quarterback for that scenario? That is a veteran. Like who could get us there potentially? So, so I mean, the first person that I think of is Garoppolo, but you know, he's suspended for the first couple of games. So I don't know that that would work. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Jumps to mind as well as someone who could potentially do that. Jameis Winston is another player who potentially uh, could come in and be that guy. Although I think Jameis probably wants to, you know, compete to be a starter. The same thing with Tannehill. Gardner Minshew is a free agent. You know, he would fit into that category as well uh, as somebody that you could bring in just uh, in the interim. But I, I, I would say this. If you get Drake May or Jaden Daniels, like, boy, I tell you, I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to put those guys under center in week one. I mean, this is not 20 years ago where, you know, people are coming in and getting sat behind a veteran for a year. I mean, hell, it even happened with Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, uh, you know, just a few years ago. And now uh, people want instant gratification. These guys come out of college and they're more than ready than they have ever been uh, in a lot of cases, especially if you're getting dropped into the top five uh, to be a plug and play, get in there. So those are some of the names. And I think if the the Patriots, I think, are are an interesting uh, team in terms of what they're going to do in the draft because, like, okay, if they go after a quarterback, they're, they're probably going to get May or Daniels, right? I mean, that those are the top two guys that are going to be on the board potentially um, after one, which will be Caleb Williams. So it depends on where the commanders go. But what if they pivot and go with Marvin Harrison Jr. and then they draft a quarterback later, you know, maybe a Penix or a Knicks or something like that, and they bring in a Russell Wilson and they play Russell for like a year. I mean, that's also that's also like within the realm of possibility. If you're drafting a quarterback who may not be ready and you want to sit him for a bit and then boom, you bring in Russell and you are competitive with Russell Wilson. At least that would be the, the game plan. The Patriots are like everything that we know about the Patriots, though, like we almost have to kind of forget about I know it. Because totally. like because like Gerard Mayo is like, yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's a Belichick guy, I guess you could say, right? Right, but, but he's going to do it differently. He'll, right, he's going to do his own thing, right? So, like, you know, we don't necessarily going to have a backfield committee. We're not necessarily going to have a team that's got, you know, lousy wide receivers, and we can't pick one to start from a fantasy perspective on, on a regular basis. We just don't know. So, you know, I, I mentioned Garoppolo because he's a, you know, former Patriot guy, but we have to kind of unlearn what we have learned with the Patriots and Belichick uh, over the last, you know, few decades. They, uh, the names that were thrown out by the reporters that had crafted this article, um, and they're a handful of uh, Mark Daniels and Karen, I'm going to butcher her name, Gregian, um, and and some of the names that they put together were Jacoby Brissett and Joe Flacco, um, because they yeah, that's, yeah, two other guys, yep, to yep. the people I mean, on the staff there. Yeah, Flacco would be really good. I, I think you know if the Steelers can't land one of the top notch guys, I think Flacco is worth a look for them because. He can compete with Pickett. Look how look how well he did in that division this past year. Small sample size, but still showed he could play. Part of the thought process, I think that that they're attaching to this whole concept of like draft a, a quarterback, but then also bring in a veteran that will start right away, is tied to the fact that Elliot Wolf is now there and he spent time in Green Bay and is clearly familiar with the model of quarterback development there, which is to draft a quarterback while you already have a quarterback, let him sit for a few years, get used to it, plug him in. And then they've had success with that with Aaron Rodgers and with Jordan Love. My yeah. argument with the Patriots is that you don't have 
the starter. So like, I don't think it's a relevant model. Um, and if you go get a Jacoby Brissett or a Joe Flacco or even somebody like a Gardner Minshew or somebody like that, you still don't have that guy. That's a bridge. You're not talking mm -hmm. about somebody who you don't want to unseat for a little while. That gives right. you flexibility with regards to your contracts moving forward. Like I get why Green Bay has done it and then also why it's it's worked for the younger guys. But I just don't necessarily think that New England is in that situation yet. And if they someday uh, uh turn out to be in that situation because Drake May turns out to be good or whoever it is that they draft number three, then I think that then you can think about building in that way. But right now I don't I don't understand. I, I don't totally think that it's an apples to apples comparison for obvious reasons. And I also think that what that does is it throws away the advantage that you have of a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract like if we had just done this with cj stroud sat him on the bench we wouldn't be where we are with the texans right now which is like oh shit this is actually good this is gonna work go all in right now while you've got this guy who we now know can play quarterback uh successfully in the nfl we knew it quickly with him so put pieces around him let's fill in the gaps and let's go make a run you know yep. and so you sort of you you punt the advantage that that you would have in that situation by just never finding out if you have a rookie quarterback who can compete initially. So right. I don't totally understand the thought process of that model. That would obviously be a scenario where if they get like a, again, whoever they draft in camp and they realize like he's not totally ready for this yet. And if they, uh -huh. if they look at him and they say, oh shit, like this guy's got it then we we take the whole bridge quarterback off the table and we go in a different direction. Yep. Um, there's some interesting stuff about the Falcons. And, you know, you and I have both talked about Justin Fields going there and that being a potentially exciting combination pairing. A uh, few of the people from NFL media have been parroting kind of the same word. Like they're clearly hearing from the same people. And, and the phrase that they keep saying is aggressive, that the Falcons are going to be aggressive to go up and Steve White specifically has said that it's they're going to go up and be aggressive about going up and drafting their quarterback. He has said that he doesn't think that Cousins or Fields are their first choice, that they are a team that we need to keep our eye on just in terms of moving up from their current draft position to go get one of these top quarterbacks. Uh, it, I mean, we'll probably we'll. It sounds like we'll find out where Justin Fields is going in the next couple of weeks. Chicago has made it clear that they want to move him maybe before free agency if that's what they mm -hmm. decide to do. So we'll get our answer about whether Atlanta is the landing spot. But if if their first choice is to go get one of these rookie quarterbacks in the draft and move up to get them, then that would take him out of the Justin Fields right um, sweepstakes. In which mm -hmm. case, he goes where? Like, where's uh, the other landing spots? My Spot. guess is my guess is that Pittsburgh would be hot and heavy um, for for Justin Fields. Uh, we've already heard Mike Tomlin come out and say that um, he's he's a fan, and um, that would that would certainly be an option. I think it would be a good one from a fantasy perspective because they do have weapons and young weapons. Their backfield's young. Uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, all guys who are entering or in the prime of their careers. Uh, the Raiders would be uh, certainly an intriguing option with, you know, Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and Michael Mayer, who I think is going to be a popular sleeper in fantasy next season. The, the I guess the, the pie in the sky one that like we would all love to see that I don't know that it would happen, but Minnesota put Justin Fields in Minnesota with JJ and Addison and Hawkinson. Ho, 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 ho. And that offense, I'll be fun. But, you know, like Kirk Cousins is, is a pure passer and Fields is not. So 
Kevin O'Connell would kind of have to adjust a little bit um, in terms of the way that he, he calls plays and what plays he calls. Um, but that would just based on the talent alone, that would be fun. And then, you know, I, I, I could also see the Broncos having some interest as well. Um, you know, with Sean Payton there, most of their offensive skill position players are, are still under contract uh, for 2024. So most of those players would be back unless they, you know, traded a Judy away, for example. But if Atlanta's out of the mix for fields, I'd from a fantasy standpoint, Minnesota and probably Pittsburgh would stand out the most for me. Okay. I can get behind Pittsburgh. I don't see the, I don't see the Sean Payton connection. Cause I think one of the things he didn't like about Russell Wilson is how he took him out of structure so quickly. Like, I think he wants somebody to operate for a pocket pass for like kind of like, he's like, let me come up with, I will solve your problems. I will put the people in the right position. And I just want you to distribute the ball to those people. And then if there's trouble, then I want you to be able to get out of trouble. Also, like I want you to do all of the things, but first and foremost, I want you to do what I want you to do. And I think that that's what his frustration. So are the Broncos then in your eyes, not a sleeper, but maybe like a under the radar Kirk cousins destination. Oh, that's interesting. You know what? It, it, it's funny you say that because we, we're we not hearing that connection at all. Like at people, all. like no. you, you just don't hear that name. Um, Maybe it's because of all of the money that they will have had to, that like they're going to be on the hook for a lot of money for Russell Wilson 30, just to like shove him out the door. $39 million. You get that? You see there? Uh, awesome yeah, power. Um, Dr. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. You remember that guy? Bald? No? You remember yeah. that? No, I think it's more than that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, once you break it down, but like they, they're on the hook for an awful lot of money. Yeah. He's not going to be on the, it's, we keep talking about this. Like it's an open-ended thing. Uh, it's, he's not going to be in Denver next year. Like he's just not like, what are we even talking about? Why are we talking about this as if it's a question mark, just because right. he goes on, I am athlete and says like, I would like to remain in Denver. Well, he's just saying that for PR purposes, because he doesn't want to be the bad guy who's mm -hmm. trying to kick the door down. The door's down. Like yeah. we're already talking about the NFL PA, maybe going back and firing, filing a grievance against the Broncos and how he was treated. I mean, they don't want him there. That's yeah. obvious. That's what the entire story is about. When they went to him and said, like, hey, we want you to lift the injury guarantee um, or else we're not going to play pay you. It's because they were saying at that moment, we don't want you here next year. Yeah. Like, that's what that that statement is. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's the only reason you don't want to there to be an injury guarantee is because you're like, we, we can we're fine with you playing out this year because we don't have any better options, but we're, we're clear on the fact that we don't want you to be our quarterback anymore. And so if you get hurt playing quarterback for us now, uh, then we're on the hook to keep you here longer than we actually want right. you here, which yeah. so he is not going to be there next year. He that'd won't be, be there five days after the league year kicks off because be then, 37 million in yep. 2025. So, so he's like, gone. Yeah. They, yeah. He's gone. Uh, but I do think that it, it somewhat ties their hands in terms of what they can do financially at the quarterback position, which maybe looks a little bit more like a draft pick um, mm -hmm. for that reason than than a Kirk Cousins, which might be why nobody is talking about that. Um, Anthony Richardson is another guy who we talked about this, uh, the fact that he was throwing. Um, he's taking his steps forward. Chris Ballard. Uh, made some comments down in Indy about the fact that, you know, he's kind of gone through this before and with Andrew Luck. He was there for Andrew Luck's um, recovery from injury 
And I think he's a little bit, you know, wary about that. And he said some things that made me think maybe we need to put that in the back of our brain for fantasy with regards to Anthony Richardson. Because Anthony Richardson is trying to get back. He's trying to get back as soon as possible. It's possible that this team that that uh, had a, a, a has a bad taste in their mouth about quarterbacks recovering, um, maybe not fully and trying to get back out there too soon, and then them that costing them in the long term. Uh, I wonder if they are like, no, we're going to hold that thought and hold that thought and then do a slow rollout for him next season in the same way that we saw like, uh, I mean, different different position, but like Brees Hall, right? Where like they didn't totally unleash him or have him play yeah. completely until, like, until later in the five. season. Yeah. Can you see that happening with Anthony Richardson or is it like he's ready to go at the beginning of the year and you just have to, you have to use him in all the different ways. Yeah, if he's ready to roll, um, and he he had that inter- injury early in the season, what was that week four, or week five? Like, I, I think you you go out there at, during the you know during camps and and OTAs and that kind of thing. You you teach him how to slide, you teach him to protect himself. But you know sometimes it's hard to take that out of a player, right? Uh, he is not a guy who who is going to want to slide. He is not a guy who's who's going to want to take a sack, and, and he he's going to be aggressive and scramble with the football. And I think that's the one downfall with Richardson is that his style of play is conducive to getting hurt. And he got hurt early last season as a rookie. And we hope that that's not the case again. If Richardson played out a full season lens and was on the pace that he continued on the pace that he was on. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's probably getting picked right behind Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, like right there. And, and I I still think he's going to end up being a high draft pick, but I think if there's any, concern about Richardson it's his health but if he's healthy going into training camp and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be uh I, I don't know that the the Colts would bring him along uh with, with kid gloves uh speaking of the Colts uh we talked about how uh their GM said that Michael Pittman would be back he's not going to be going anywhere I don't know if that means an extension or uh the franchise tag but imagine if the Colts can get some more weapons there for Richardson right I mean you got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield so I think you're pretty good there um you know they they've they're going to have some money to spend. I mean, that cap went up significantly. Uh, we all know that they've got, you know, the 15th overall pick in the draft, which means that they could potentially get, you know, another wide receiver there. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be, I mean, I know they drafted Pierce and I know they have Josh Downs. I don't know if they're big into Pierce being there too with Pittman. I, I think Downs has got certainly uh, upside as a, as a, as a, you know, slot guy. And yeah. we saw that but maybe you bring in like another big time wide receiver type uh, that I think Richardson's ceiling is sky high uh, for 2024 and, and beyond maybe the most, maybe the most, and, and at worst he's top three, but maybe the most valuable dynasty quarterback in the national football league. Yeah, I agree. I'm a huge fan of Anthony Richardson and we'll be targeting him in fantasy drafts as long as I back him up with somebody else that I, uh, trust yeah. will be on the field with uh, um, a greater degree of frequency, I suppose. Uh, the one thing that you didn't mention there from a position group standpoint that the Colts could go get is a tight end, right? Like, cause you mentioned yep. the wide receivers. I agree with you. I would rather them uh, go get a wide receiver and uh, though a tight end is, is certainly an option, but Ballard did make some comments about the tight ends that they have there. And he, he wasn't talking about the position group 
just tonally, it didn't sound like that was a priority for them. He was going through the guys that they had in the room and talking about the different strengths that they had and the fact that they don't have like a Travis Kelsey who can do everything, but he did think that the people that they had could do all of the things individually and um, that that he was kind of high on them. And then Jelani Woods, who they we didn't have last year, right? Like who was a guy who people were excited about, um, who yeah. we never really got to see come to fruition. So we'll see right. what the 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 new coaching staff there um, thinks about him uh, once they have a chance to work with him. But uh, it doesn't sound like that will be a landing spot for Brock Bowers or anybody like that, which is not necessarily great for us in fantasy. We don't, we don't like these, we don't like these kinds of tight ends uh, where you have like a Kylan Granson who every once in a while gets the ball and, you know, somebody else who comes in for blocking situations. This is not yeah. ideal. So this sounds like a situation. If they don't go get one of those types of tight ends, then we probably just avoid. Yeah. Uh, Alex Mallory maybe is interesting, but I'm sorry, Will Mallory. Um, Alex Mallory. Uh, I was mixing up but somebody there. Will Mallory is, I think, if you're talking about like deep sleeper type, he's probably the guy that I'd be most interested in, but I, I mean, Woods Granson I, at this point, um, I, I would be hard pressed to see any of these guys really make a breakout impact in fantasy because they're, you know, there's, there's unfortunately uh, too many mouths to feed in that tight end room. And, like you said, we don't know who's going to be out there on a weekly basis in what situations. So, but I think the Colts overall, they could be a very fantasy friendly offense uh, next season with Richardson and JT and Pittman uh, and Downs, who again I like. And maybe if they grab a wide receiver in round one, uh, that's also a possibility too. And uh, you know, speaking of you know that that the Colts and, and that division, right? That division, boy. Outside of Tennessee, and Tennessee is going to look a lot different too. That division is going to be pretty fantasy friendly, right? With the Jaguars, assuming they keep Calvin Ridley, um, you know, Etienne's back, and they, and they have Evan Ingram, who was one of the top tight ends of fantasy. Of course, Christian Kirk had a good season, and then Houston all of a sudden is like gangbusters. Imagine if they bring in a Saquon or a Tony Pollard or an Austin Eckler or something like yeah. that. That's going to even accentuate uh, the power of that offense under C.J. Stroud. Uh, it's the Titans are really the only team that's like. All right, well, maybe there's some opportunities for some young guys to step up like Atajay Spears. Uh, but the other three teams in that division uh, could be very fantasy-friendly in 2024. Yeah, the other three teams. I love uh, poor poor Titans. We'll see. We'll see what yeah, they're I mean, listen, they're, I, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Hopkins. Uh, you know, he was okay. Um, we, we didn't get jiggy with it. Uh, we expect Levis to be the quarterback. We don't know who the running back is. They need more weapons. And hopefully well, they're going to do that. They're going to change the whole offense. Like Brian yeah, Callahan's Callahan, talking yeah. about the offense being yeah. Cincinnati ish, which I can't I like. think yeah. of an offense that's less Cincinnati ish right at, at this current moment. So he's going to have to change a lot of things. He says he's going to start with Levis working with Levis by showing him cutups of burrow. So we'll see. You need to be as good as that, that guy. I know. Okay. Ah. Good luck. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Great. I mean, at least they're acknowledging and Rand Carthon has said in order for Levis to have success, we have to put better guys around him. I mean, he didn't, those are, those are my words, but you know, 
uh, he was a little bit more diplomatic about it, but he did acknowledge sure. like you have to have playmakers around him and there's an element of speed that they need They're there. They yep. need to do a lot of work this off season. Yep. Um, it'll be fascinating to see. Uh, the work that they end up deciding to do something to believe in fabs. Uh, give me, give me something. I tell you what, there's a, there's a lot that's been frustrating me uh, lately okay. on like in the social media landscape. Um, and so I'm trying to kind of uh, I'm, I'm, I'm believing in not responding to the comments. These, <laughs> these not my comments even, but like, I can't tell you how many times recently there have been things that pop up that are stories that then I go to the comments and I need to continuously tell myself, don't look at the comments. Like who cares what everybody else thinks? Just take right. in, you know, the thing that You're is Lindsay Rhodes, damn it. No, no, no. Again, it's not me. It's uh, I'm following someone. Oh, okay. People and then their doubt. tweet okay. yeah. is what I want to see. I don't want to see how the world has responded to their tweet, right? right? Like yeah. Kevin Clark um, put out something, and I I don't know if you saw the NFLPA, uh, the poll stuff. I mean, you have to have, right? You like it was everywhere. About how bad the team's cafeterias are and all this yes. kind of crap. Right, right. All of that kind of stuff. So he had, Kevin Clark had put out, like uh, he'd highlighted the fact that the Chargers um, got a really bad grade for how they treated families because they didn't have daycare on site for games. It was like an offsite place where they had to take their kids and they had to pay $75 in order to have their kids there. And all of the comments are like, Oh, so it's like better daycare than any of us have. And like, you hit the mark, you missed the mark with this one, like talk about being out of touch. And I'm like, do you think that the whole point of the NFLPA poll was to compare the um, inner workings of NFL franchises to your job at State Farm? Like, I don't understand. Like, this is not apples to apples. They're not trying to compare what these teams are offering these elite professional football players to what you're getting working in your job. Like, mm -hmm. this it doesn't have to be a class warfare situation. It's information so that you can understand what the chargers are competing with against the Vikings and the dolphins right. and what it all looks like. Like, so that when teams, when players don't want to come to your team for in free agency, because they all talk and these are the things that, you know, they could get better elsewhere. Like now you have this information. It's so weird to me the way that like, there's like one train of thought and then everybody jumps on it and you're like, well, that's you totally missed the mark. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, that's because people here like I am responding to the comments. My whole point was I'm not going to respond right. to the comments. Oh, I just there. went on like a rant about the comments. Yep. All right. I'm not gonna so do it. Uh, one thing that I believe in is potty moth Lindsay Rhodes. Um, Whoa. We've had, we've had an F and three S's in the last two shows. You're counting. And I'm all for it, baby. Yeah. I love it. Um, we got to get uh, little Ralphie Parker's dad and mom involved in here uh, and maybe put a little soap in your mouth. I'm enjoying it, though. It's a lot of fun. Also, um, <laughs> on, a, on, a less, on a less entertaining note, uh, I want to say rest in peace to Richard Lewis, who, uh. yeah, I was bummed out. Like I've always been a Richard Lewis fan. Uh, even, you know, when, like when we were younger, like, you know, a comedian that I liked, uh, always very funny. And then has been on Curb Your Enthusiasm for the last 12 years. And I love him on Curb with Larry David and Jeff Garland, you know, who, who I know is bummed out about that. You know, I've been texting back and forth with Jeff, uh, because he, he you know, Richard was a very good friend. And in fact, it, Richard actually followed me on Twitter last week. What? And yeah, he followed me on Twitter last week. He must have, you know, suddenly wanted bad fantasy advice. I have no idea. But I sent him a message on DM and I said, hey, Richard, thank you for the follow. And, you know, he gave me like the thumbs up emoji and the okay emoji. And um, and now he's gone. And so, 
I, I kind of bummed out about that because I uh, always been a fan. And the last episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm that just ran last Sunday, um, there was a segment in there. I think it was either last one or the week, week before where he's going back with Larry about leaving each other in their wills. Mm -hmm. Like Richard's going to leave Larry in his will. And then Larry's awake. Wait a minute. If you're going to leave me in your will, then I have to leave you in my will. No, I don't want to be a part of your will. Like all this. And now he's passed away and now he's gone. So um, you just never know. You, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, so make sure you live life to the fullest here. Uh, but rest in peace, Richard Lewis. Uh, real sad for uh, for him, his family, and his friends. I followed you last week. Yeah. I saw that tweet of yours, but I didn't realize that it was. Yeah, just last week. And I'm guessing so he recently. followed I'm guessing he followed me because like maybe Jeff, right? Jeff Garland. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, or maybe he's a, and I, I know he's a football fan. Um, I don't know how deep his NFL fandom is, but I know he's, you know, he's, he was a college football fan. I think he was an Ohio state fan, but um, yeah, I, I was like, if, if you didn't think that I was going to try and see if I could get Richard, you know, on for an interview, like I was, I was thinking about it yeah. and uh, unfortunately not going to get that opportunity. Such a shame. Yeah. The Beyonce song just popped back into my head. Just like for full, like bookend type thing. I can't. I can't. No. I, no. And I like the song, but I'm 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 sick of it already. What song is it? What's the name of the song? I'll look it up. Fabs, literally I've told you you used it on the background. I know, of but one I told you I don't posts. know names. How do you not how do you use I a song and you have no idea what it is? How many songs are you using? You're not even posting on Instagram that frequently. Oh, I post on air all, all the time. I just don't use a lot of music. Did you see the, I, I posted about the hole that I put in the wall? I sure did. Yeah. I, 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 I a lot of stress the, uh, this last few months roads. I figured I got to hit something with a sledgehammer. And right. since I want to knock those walls down anyway, I just, I just swing the hell out of this thing and, uh, you know, get out a little aggression. So. Okay, good. I well, post all the time on that. Instagram. Okay. You, you actually do. Knucklehead. You do. I post stuff for me and you on there. Okay. Fabs. You know what we got to right. do? Hey, Toss, what we got to do is like, you know, after a few weeks of shows, we need to put together a compilation of audio of Lindsay swearing. Oh my God. No, stop. <laughs> there you got there. S S F B S S F. Oh, it would be great. Love it. Fabs, you're the worst. All right. Well, I am excited about uh, next week when we reconvene Fabs, we're yeah. going to have a lot of combine data. Like at this point, it's kind of a bummer. Like during combine week, we're like, hey, we're excited. It's combine week. And uh, we'll have done all of our shows prior to any of the <laughs> combine data coming in. So next week, we will have stuff to react to with regards to things that we saw on the field or mm -hmm. in the running or whatever, or heard from the players, right? Like when they're interviewed after the fact. So we can kind of uh, figure out if any of that reshuffles the deck in our mind, anyone that we're impressed by and want to see uh, in a fantasy landing spot, we can, we can start to push some of those stories forward. I think we need to maybe like start, like do like a mock draft fabs. This feels like a time of year where maybe we should get one of those going. So we we'll have something it, like that, some ADPs to look at, right? Mock, mock, never stop. Mock, mock. Okay, I'm going to put you in charge of that, Fabs. You get together a group of people that we can do a mock draft so that we then have content and some placement so that uh, we can. I, 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 could, I could get in touch with Bob Harris. I think he might be available. Okay. 
All right. You know, in between him, you know, eating cream of wheat and taking his milk and magnesia, I think Why he'd do probably you do, do a mock draft. Rob, he's such a nice man to you. I love and him. He's just old. That's fine. I love him. <sighs> I love right. Bob Harris. One of my favorite right. people on the planet. All right. You have homework, Fabs. And right. uh, so we'll we'll uh, touch base on that when we uh, get back together again next week. Thanks for listening to the Believe Fantasy Football Show presented by Bet Online For Fabs, I'm Lindsay. We'll see you again next week. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.